Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444, Wednesday, February 2nd. Coming up on the show today, athletes are overexposed, as Derrick Henry and Tom Brady can attest, but do the fans actually have an opportunity to get to know these star athletes? You'll hear from Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports on National Signing Day as he breaks down Josh Heupel's ability to recruit at Tennessee. But we begin the show today with John Robinson's complete and utter support of his starting quarterback. The 440 is built for you every single Monday through Friday for free by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Go look at their work. If you're about to make a really big financial decision about your house, you should do so with all of the best possible information, and this is what the Kingston Group delivers for you. Time-honored, successful, award-winning, locally owned, all the best things, and taking all of the hassle out of renovations. Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Check out the website, and remember the name, the Kingston Group. Titans general manager John Robinson is back at work down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl this week. He's checking hand size and wingspan and vertical leap and 40 times and knee bend and get off. He's just doing his job trying to make the Titans better. He is on to the Senior Bowl, as Belichick would say, which is, of course, this weekend. I assume that he'd prefer that Titans fans got off the back of his quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, but they won't, and nor should they. He will be the primary focus of the offseason, for better or for worse. And Robinson made it clear this week through a conversation with Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com down in Mobile that, as expected, Ryan Tannehill isn't going anywhere. Quote, I think Ryan is a leader. I think Ryan is tough. I think Ryan has made a lot of great plays for us. He is our quarterback. I don't know that there is a quarterback who stands in the pocket and looks down the barrel of a blitz and throws the ball as good as he does. I know he works extremely hard, loves his teammates, is competitive, and he's played a lot of good football. To have a micro-evaluation over one game is not fair to any player. I think you have to look at the scope of the body of work and what he has done for this football team since he has been here. End quote. Now, I agree with John on a lot of those things. Leadership, toughness, making a lot of great plays, don't be a micro-evaluator over just one game, that that's not fair. I agree with almost all of that. I do not agree that he stands in the pocket, looks down the barrel of blitzes, and throws the ball as good as anybody. I don't think that's even close to true. In fact, that's what I think his problem is at times, especially pre-snap picking up the blitz and changing plays and knowing what's going to happen before it unfolds. I do agree with John that he works extremely hard, that he loves his teammates and is extremely competitive and has played a lot of good football for this team. So I agree with 98% of what Robinson says there. It's not a micro-evaluation, however. It's five playoff games. Yes, he won two of them, but he did so without throwing the football. They won the games because he didn't throw the football. So here's the deal. Ryan Tannehill is a really solid regular season quarterback, and until he does something different in the postseason, he just is what he is right now for Titans fans, and I don't expect them to listen to that answer from John Robinson and be excited and happy about it. Do I think there's a lot of positives and a lot of good things and no other better options for the Tennessee Titans? As we've covered already ad nauseum for a week and a half, Yes, he's a solid player. He's a good piece. And no, there isn't another better option for the Tennessee Titans. They are not going to change quarterbacks, not when he's owed that amount of money and has won this many games. He deserves another chance. The question is, what happens after 2022? Regardless of what takes place in the postseason, there is an out in the contract. He's getting older. He'll be 34 at this time next year. This time next season is the real time to start asking questions about the future of Ryan Tannehill, as it has always been since he signed his major contract a couple of years ago. John Robinson didn't say anything new. 
And I agree with most of what he said down in Mobile. He is standing behind his quarterback, and no one should expect anything else from John Robinson or Mike Vrabel moving forward, at least until this time next season. We had Bud Elliott of 24-7 Sports on the Fringe Element podcast this week to talk all things recruiting in the SEC, and I had an opportunity to talk to him about Josh Heupel and the University of Tennessee. He mentioned in the course of our conversation that Gus Malzahn down at UCF is doing a lot better job recruiting than the previous staff. The previous staff, of course, is Josh Heupel. So when I heard him say it, I had to ask a follow-up about the job that Josh Heupel is doing at Tennessee. Can this coach, this coaching staff at this university, return to top 10 status on the recruiting trail and try to at least close the gap and compete with the Georgias and Alabamas and A&Ms of the world the way they used to do back in the day? And here was the great Bud Elliott's answer to that question. You know, based on what we saw at UCF compared to what UCF's doing now, I would say no. I'm also a little skeptical that that's where Tennessee should be historically. Like, I think if you look at it, when Fulmer, you know, won his title and was really killing it, they they had some good circumstances that they cashed in on, and they certainly controlled their destiny to a certain extent. But they also had some stuff that were, were that they were benefiting from that was out of their control. You know, Clemson was not really rolling. North Carolina, not particularly. You know, Mac Brown had left for Texas right at that point, I believe, and and it was there's some interesting stuff to. It was kind of at the end of the Spurrier era when, when Spurrier left for for Washington. I don't really expect them to recruit at like a top 10 level personally, just based on, on geography. I mean, Florida and Georgia have better geography and that does matter uh, quite a bit, but I don't know we'll see. Like they didn't do a bad job, but like compare their, compare their blue chip ratio, which is a, a stat I created. I mean, I'm, I'm old now. So a long time ago, right. Probably 2010, I think it was to what other teams in that league have. And it just, it doesn't measure up, you know, A&M right now has 24 blue chips, and three three stars. And that's the number one class of all time. So that's probably an unfair comparison. Alabama has 20, 22 and two. Kentucky is seven and 14. They're, run, they're running a blue chip ratio of 31% or 33%. Alabama's up there you know, in the 90s. They're, they're not close. The long and the short of it is from Bud and from myself and from many other people is that Tennessee simply cannot, with this coaching staff, recruit at the same level as Kirby Smart. And that is what you're going to have to do most years if you want to contend for a division championship. Now, I disagree with Bud on one thing, and that is that Tennessee got lucky under Fulmer in the 90s. They were one of the definitive powerhouses in all of college football. I don't I don't care who was coaching at Alabama or who was coaching at Georgia, Tennessee was pretty damn good and they had no problem getting players. The quality of their recruiting base has actually gotten significantly better since the late 90s around Knoxville, if you draw the six-hour radius. And that group of players, that geographic circle, has gotten significantly more talented over time. I don't think recruiting in the top 10 is all that much to ask. Butch Jones did it. Hell, Jeremy Pruitt almost did it. I think the right guy, the right coach, could absolutely come in and recruit. On top of that, are Tennessee fans just going to be okay with being second in the division? Let's say Josh Heupel is the right guy, and he is a great coach, and he is returning this team to relevancy. Are Tennessee fans okay with that relevancy topping out at second in the division? Not competing for SEC championships, not competing for trips to Atlanta, not competing for playoff spots? I'm sorry, I disagree with Bud on this point, and that is that Tennessee should not have that expectation. I think they should. I think they absolutely can, and with the right people in place, I think they will. The question still remains, as it has been asked a hundred million times, is Josh Heupel the right guy? I do not think that he is, but I think that Josh Heupel is the right guy for right now, and that might be all Tennessee fans should be asking for at this point. 
If you want to hear our full conversation with Bud about National Signing Day, please check out Fringe Element. We also had Tom Green on from AL.com to try to explain what the heck's going on with Brian Harson down at Auburn. All that and more on this week's episode. That's Fringe Element everywhere you get your pods. In light of Tom Brady retiring after 22 years and our conversation with John Glennon on last week's Lamestream Sports Podcast where we talk about how he's covering and everyone else is covering the Tennessee Titans without really having access to any of the players and characters and, and actors in the NFL soap opera and then trying to tell the stories without access to those pieces because COVID has limited so much of that. I just am stuck with one overwhelming thought in my head, that athletes, guys like Tom Brady or Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill, are are just unbelievably overexposed with social media, 47,000 cable channels, digital sports platforms like mine and a bunch of others. These guys are overexposed. We think we know everything there is to know about these players, more so than ever before, when in reality, and this is the thing that keeps hitting me with guys like Derrick Henry and Tom Brady, we actually don't really know them at all. We have a general idea that Derrick Henry is this really smart, really kind, really open-hearted, really nice guy who's a great leader who busts his tail. Like We kind of have a sense of who he is, but do we really truly know Tom Brady or Derrick Henry? Even in a time where these guys are completely overexposed, I don't think we understand them, know what makes them tick, their motivations, the person behind the athlete. We know them less and less. In the 90s, we had far more access. In the even to early 2000s, we had far more access as media to these players. And therefore, the fans got to know these players a little bit more, even if they weren't you know, watching A.J. Brown go through surgery post-op in a medical room the way he can post on Instagram. Like, how much do we really know about Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow, two guys who are about to play in the biggest sporting event in the world, and we know that Joe Burrow's diamonds are real? What do we actually know about these guys? I talked to Mike Reese, who covers the Patriots for over 20 years, every day of Tom Brady's career, and I asked him over the weekend, how much do you really know about Tom Brady the person, the man, and he said he doesn't really know him that well. He was around him for 20 years, almost every day, and doesn't really know Tom Brady. We know he's a competitor. We know he cares about being a father. We, we know the things that drive him, but we don't really, truly know Tom Brady. And I'm sad by this. I think the Tennessee Titans fans should know more about people like Derrick Henry because I think they would love him even more if they got to know him more. I understand why an athlete would be sort of hesitant to put all of his personal stuff out there in the world. A.J. Brown is is one of the few exceptions. We sort of kind of feel like we know a little bit more about A.J. Brown. But he also knows how to play the game on social media and sort of rile people up and get people interested in different things and get people talking and creating conversation. And I just, I'm struck by this all the time now in the media, that we we, we think we know more about these athletes, but but how much do we really know? We know that A.J. Brown loves Chipotle. Is that really getting to know A.J. Brown? We feel like we are, but are we really? How much do we actually know about Tom Brady? I think this is a sad part of access and modern media is that we don't really truly get to know these guys unless they choose to be super accessible. And right now there's no force making that happen like it used to before the pandemic. The 440 is brought to you by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, and they are the only name you need to know if you're making a big decision about your house or your future house. Just check out their work. BuildKG.com is the website. Just talk to them. I guarantee you, you will be better off. That's the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com. 
Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show. We really, really appreciate it. Check out all the other great shows across the 440 Sports Network covering Titans, Preds, Nashville SC. So make sure you go check that out. Check out the YouTube page as well and the socials at 440 Sports and at 440 Media. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Again, thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, February 2nd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.